Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. on everybody elliot here with matt at the novacare complex friday which means it's the last day we have access and the last day the eagles will practice until their game week two against the kansas city chiefs entering one and oh something i know neither me or you thought so they're already ahead of the curve in that way but this is definitely going to be a big test for them you know now we've had a whole week to kind of think about the game talk to the players talk to the coaches time to take a deep dive into this game and just see really it's, it's one of those games where at the beginning of the season, when the schedule first came out, I thought this was an automatic loss. It just had that feeling about it. Going on the road, AFC opponent. So I think it, I used to view this as automatic loss. I don't view it that way anymore. I think the combination of just taking a deeper study at the Chiefs and looking at what the Eagles were able to do last week has made me change my mind a little bit. So I'm excited to talk about this. Matt, what are some of your initial impressions about this Eagles team going into Kansas City? Before we get into position sure. by position, just your thoughts on the game in general. Yeah, no, I, I think that there might only be one or two areas when you're going position against position where I think the Eagles really have an upper hand, and that's the defensive line of the Eagles against Kansas City's offensive line. But overall, Elliot, th this is a really tough spot for the Eagles because not only is it Andy Reid against Doug Peterson, not only is Andy Reid 8-3 and all-time against his former assistants, but the Chiefs looked like a Super Bowl contending team in the AFC last week, and they are loaded with talent on offense. Alex Smith, Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and they have an extra three days to prepare. So yeah. this is a really tough spot for an Eagles team, but I will say this. If they go into Kansas City and somehow upset the Kansas City Chiefs in that environment where it's that loud, Torrey Smith told me yesterday that the last time he played there he could hear his helmet rattling mm -hmm. when he's on the <laughs> field. If the Eagles win this game, then you know I might have to come over to the dark side with you and, and consider this to be yeah. a, a team that can legitimately compete for the NFC East. But I think it's a real tall order to think they can go in and pull this off. I think off. this is almost a no-lose situation for the Eagles. If you go in there, you're competitive, the game's close, and you lose – I think you can almost count that as a win because you look at the way this team struggled last year on the road. I believe they were one and seven. They just weren't. They weren't. I shouldn't say they weren't competitive because the games were close, but they struggled mightily on the road. If you can go into Kansas City and just keep this thing close, I think that would be a win considering how good this Chiefs team is. If you go in there and you win, I mean that is just. I it's think a springboard. We, yeah, I think we both agreed that this team. You had them zero and three. I yep. had them starting one and two, or and then one and three. So I think we both agreed to get off to slow starts. The, the schedule at the beginning of the season is tougher. So if they can get through this, I mean, there's always games you lose. You think you're going to win, but if they can beat the Chiefs. Then you know my, my prediction about them picking when the NFC's feels even better. But not just because of the fact they're two and zero, but because it'll say a lot about this team and Andy and not 
Andy Reid, and Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz if they can go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. And the one other thing I'll say before we get going on the position by position is it's a big week for Doug. I wrote earlier in the week that, look, sooner or later, you know, maybe we're all going to have to admit we were wrong about Doug. I think Doug has been a bit of a laughing stock in the city. People didn't really respect him when he got the job. Fans don't really take him seriously. If he goes into Kansas City, he beats the Chiefs, he beats Andy Reid, on the road, moves his team to two and zero. He'll be nine and nine in games he's coached, yeah. and that you know maybe that isn't the most impressive record. But you consider the fact that yes, Carson Wentz is talented, but he still started last year with a rookie quarterback, lost Lane Johnson for ten games, yep. ended up having an extremely tough schedule. Seven of the Eagles' games last year were against teams that ended up qualifying for the playoffs. They only played two teams that picked in the top fifteen of the draft. So. Not a lot of easy games on the Eagles' schedule last year. If he wins this game, he moves to 9-9. Nine and nine. I think it's not only time to put the questions about Doug Torres, but maybe time to consider he is going to end up being a, head coach, a good head coach, which is something, honestly, I had not considered up until this point. It all continues to be tied to Carson Wentz. And, yeah. and I know that there's a lot of football left to be played, but I, I will give Carson Wentz credit for one thing last week, and that was his elusiveness, his escapability, mm-hmm. his ability to make throws down the field under pressure. But one of seven on the deep ball isn't going to be good enough. I still thought there were some plays that were left on the field that should have been made. And, and however we view Doug Peterson, it is going to be viewed through the scope of where is Carson Wentz by year's end. I had my first annual, first weekly rather, quarterback power rankings. I had Carson Wentz 15th. Mm-hmm. If, if Carson Wentz goes out and beats Kansas City and throws for 320 and three touchdowns and they win the game, you can make a case that not only is Carson Wentz right there with Dak Prescott as the the best quarterback in the division, but you can say that there's a case to be made that based on what we've seen in the first week or two, that Carson might be a top 10 quarterback already if they can pull this off on Sunday. But let's not put the cart before the horse, Elliot, because there's a lot of weaponry on that Chiefs defense. Yeah. Where I, I, as well as the Eagles defense played, this is a complete another bear compared to what they played last week against the Redskins. All right, so let's get into the Chiefs. Before we do, as always, just want to remind you guys, this is the No Huddle Show. Go and subscribe. If you're listening to us on YouTube right now, toss us a like, but also go go and subscribe because we're going to, you know, three episodes a week, and if you subscribe, it goes right to your podcast app as soon as we record it. So we have iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Spreaker, so you can catch us all on, on all those platforms. So, all right, like I did with the Redskins last week, let's look at take a quick look at the Chiefs before we get into position by position. Last last year, the Chiefs went, I believe they went, yeah, 12-4, and four, and they were bouncing by, in the playoffs by the Steelers, coming off a huge win, obviously, last week over the New England Patriots on the road. Not a lot of new additions in terms of veteran guys. I mean, they added Benny Logan, um, obviously the former Eagle. A lot of their new additions came through the draft, lost some players. They replaced it. They, they lost Ontario Poe, replaced him with Benny Logan, lost Jeremy Macklin, who, you know, I think is going to end up being more of a loss than people realize. I'm not as big on the Chiefs receivers as other people's are. But we'll get into that in a little bit. And then they lost Spencer Ware, who they replaced with C.J. Spiller. But obviously the big additions here were in the were in the draft class. They move yep. up in the draft. They take Patrick Mahomes, who's not going to be playing, but does seem to have lit a fire under Alex Smith off the game he had last week. And then the big pick everyone's been talking about, and you already mentioned, is Kareem Hunt. So third-round pick, running back. Eagles fans have been debating if the Eagles should have grabbed him. You would have had to move up. I think there's an argument to be made for doing it. But hindsight 2020, and Kareem Hunt looked like an absolute stud I last mean, week. He averaged 7.8 yards per carry, scored yeah. a touchdown last week, and, and 
98 receiving yep. yards and two receiving touchdowns. So the the key matchup, at least from an offense versus defense standpoint, when it comes to the Chiefs and the Eagles, it's Nigel Bradham against Kareem Hunt. And, yeah. and I don't think that Nigel Bradham played particularly well last week against the Redskins. He's going to have to play a lot better against Hunt, or you're going to need to dedicate one of your safeties to kind of, while one of them is spying or shadowing to the side of Tyreek Hill on the outside, you're going to have to know where Kareem Hunt is at all times because he's a weapon out of the backfield, catching passes on the run. He's just the ultimate weapon, and he's got size, he's got speed, he's got elusiveness. This is going to be a fun matchup to watch. Yeah, now honestly, I, the more I look at the Chiefs, the more I think he's really the key to the entire offense for them. I don't think the receivers on the outside, they are fast, but they're not polished receivers. I mean, Tyree Kill, this is his first year playing receiver. Uh, their other receiver, I got his name slipping me right now, but their other receiver is also relatively new. So I, I don't think their receivers are as big of a deal as other people think. If you shut down Kareem Hunt, I'll be really interested to see how this offense goes. Obviously, Travis Kelsey's an issue as well, but I think Hunt is the player that makes that Chief offense go. I think you saw it last week against the Patriots. The, the Chiefs offense struggled in the first half, but when Kareem Hunt really started playing well in the second half, they got him the ball out of the backfield, and he got the running game going. That's when the Chiefs offense really took off. So that'll be obviously a key, and like you said, it'll be a big week for Nigel Bradham. So, all right, let's get into it. The one I wanted to start with, though, was the Eagles receivers versus the Chiefs cornerbacks. Um, not a good week for Alshon last week, at least statistically. I thought Josh Norman really had his way with him. Doesn't get much easier this week facing Marcus Peters, arguably a better cornerback than Josh Norman. I think they're probably a little bit on the same level, but it's going to be an interesting matchup. What, what are your initial impressions of the Eagles receivers versus the Chiefs defensive well, I, backs? I don't know necessarily that Alshon had a poor game last week. There were a couple of passes he probably could have and should have caught, no doubt about it. But, I mean, Elliot, you look at what the Eagles were able to do underneath with Aguilar and Ertz. A lot of that was because you went deep on the first play to Torrey Smith. You went deep three other times to Alshon Jeffrey. And that basically meant that the Redskins safeties had to be, you know, 20, 25 yards off the line of scrimmage to respect the deep threat right. that wasn't there last year for this offense. So I, I don't know that Alshon played poorly against the Redskins. And I don't know that he needs to have a monster game this week to say that he had an impact on the game. Because as long as Andy Reid and the Chiefs, and as long as Marcus Peters, whether he's play, shadowing Alshon Jeffrey or not, as long as you have to respect that deep threat, it's going to continue to open up what this offense does best, what this quarterback does best, and that's throwing to Nelson Aguilar, throwing to Zach Ertz. But overall, I, I think that it's about even. You look at Steven Nelson, the number two cornerback for the Chiefs. He's out. He's on IR. He's not playing. So you have a number three corner. You have an Eagles receiving corner that played reasonably well last week. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that there's a strong edge really either way here, but it wouldn't surprise me to see two of the Eagles receivers eclipse 100 yards. Yeah, I mean, the key to me here will be Torrey, Torrey Smith versus Terrence Mitchell. We saw Mitchell last week against the Patriots struggle with down, down, the, down the field with speed receivers. Now, I'm not saying Smith is as fast as Brandon Cooks. Cook, Cooks is one of the fastest receivers in the league. But I do think Torrey Smith showed last week that he at least might still have the ability to give. I mean, he got behind the Redskins defense a few times. Him and Wentz weren't able to connect. But even the threat of doing that, I do think, ended up impacting the game. It'll be interesting to see how they, uh, if Torrey's able to take advantage of that matchup. Marcus Peters versus Alshon. The one thing I noticed last week against the Redskins was the Redskins didn't shadow Alshon. They did not have Josh Norman shadow him. I think right. uh, that Norman was only on Alshon 17 times. Uh, on passing plays and only allowed two catches. So they, they clearly didn't feel the need to shadow him. Um, and the Eagles didn't really take advantage of it. I agree with you. 
that Alshon did help the offense in the way, just in terms of creating spacing and, get, and creating underneath stuff. But you still want to see more than I think he had three catches for 34 yards or something like that. You still want to see more from that out of your number one guy. It's going to be a tough start to the season for Alshon just because, you know, last week it's Josh Norman. Yeah. This week it's Marcus Peters. Next week it's just the really the Giants' entire secondary. But we, we debated Alshon all offseason. I yeah. want to see him dominate. The, not, not dominate. I want to see him hold his own against these guys. And I didn't think against Josh Norman he did that. So against Marcus Peters, we'll see. I think that is basically an even matchup. But the other thing I'll say about the Chiefs secondary is, especially Peters, they're very good at creating turnovers. Yep. Last year, Peters had six interceptions. Um, I think he has maybe 12 or 14 in, in two or three years. I mean, he, he picks the ball off a ton. That's one thing Alshon actually mentioned about him earlier this week when I asked him. So... I'm not sure that's a good thing with Wentz. I mean, Wentz was smarter with the ball against the Redskins. His right. one interception was a tip pass. Not really a poor decision. But, I mean, that is going to be a risk. I mean, sure. Wentz is a bit of a gunslinger, and Peter is a guy that will make him pay for but, it. But here's the other thing. We talk about whether Alshon Jeffrey needs a big statistical game or not. You look back to Carson Wentz a year ago, and you're already seeing that this is a much different offense. 607 mm -hmm. passing attempts, only 6% of those throws, only 39 of those throws were for 20 yards or more, traveled 20 yards or more through the air. He had seven deep ball passing attempts in, what, 40 passes last right. week? So that's an element of the offense that was non-existent a year ago, and that's because of Alshon Jeffrey. That's because of Torrey Smith. And eventually, you'd like to hope that they're going to start clicking, and instead of it being one for seven, it'll be three of eight, or it'll mm -hmm. be four for seven. I don't know that that happens this week against Peters, but I don't think it really has to for this offense to be effective because we've seen them win games. We've seen Carson put up big numbers, throwing it underneath to Zach Ertz, throwing it over the middle to Aguilar. So I don't need to see Alshon put up big numbers. I think they're still getting their timing down in terms of Wentz and Jeffrey and Wentz and Smith. But as long as the other facets of the offense are working and they have more space to operate, then I think that you can take that as a positive going into week three regardless of yeah, what happens Yeah, and look, I mean – Numbers aren't the end-all, be-all. I mean, I look, if this team beats the Chiefs and Alshon, again, has three catches for 34 yards and the Eagles go 11-5 and five, and Alshon doesn't put up big numbers but he's clearly helping the offense, that's one thing. It'll just be interesting to see, though, if his numbers don't start I mean, it's just one week, so I shouldn't say start to improve. But it'll just be interesting to see if, you know, Alshon doesn't really have that dominant year, what he ends up getting next offseason a free agent. But that's for another podcast. The other thing I'll say when we're talking about the secondary is, obviously we have to mention the loss of Eric Berry for the Chiefs. Huge loss for them. I mean, he's probably the best, one of the best safeties in the league, probably the best player overall on that team, and now he's gone. So they're going to – it seems like they're going to go with Daniel Sorensen and Ron Parker at safety. And I think this is one area of the Eagles. I already mentioned Terrence Mitchell has issues with down the field speed, but now you have two safe, a new safety in there. Communication is going to be key, and I think that's where the Eagles can really take advantage of it. So I wouldn't be surprised at the fact that Eric Berry is out does actually it does help the Eagles get a deep ball, not just because of Smith's speed, but because I think there's some real chance for miscommunication there. So that is that that's kind of my, my whole thought on the secondary. I think I would give the advantage to the Eagles receivers over the Chiefs secondary. Um and it seems like that where you that's you kind of agree with that as well. Yep. All right. I think that's one of the more even matchups on the docket this week. All right, so let's flip it. Now let's talk about the Eagles cornerbacks versus the Chiefs wide receivers. A matchup that I actually think this sounds crazy, but I actually think it favors the Eagles. So I watched the uh, the Chiefs game versus the Patriots, and the thing I noticed about Tyree Kill and God, this guy's name, uh, Chris Conley. That's it. Yep. Out of Georgia. Yeah, out of Georgia. Fast players, not not very tall, not very physically dominating. The thing I noticed about them was they really only were able to make an impact against the Patriots when there were breakdowns. I didn't see Tyree Kill 
you know, just simply run by a guy in man coverage. I mean, his 75-yard touchdown, Patriots cornerback Steve, uh, Stephen Gilmore basically stopped covering him, and McCourty, the safety, wasn't looking because of a miscommunication. Sure. So communication is going to be key in the Eagles' secondary. This would have been a good game for Ronald Darby to, to have Ronald Darby, obviously, because he does have that speed. But I think if the Eagles... They're just smart about, you know, making sure they know their coverages, communicating well. I don't think the Chiefs receivers are as dangerous as other people do. Jalen Mills' speed isn't great, but I, I, I think this matchup actually favors the Eagles. See, here's the problem. The, the problem I have is you have two really speedy wide receivers because Conley's mm-hmm. a deep threat, or at least he was in the games I watched him at Georgia during his college career, and Tyreek Hill might be the fastest player in the NFL. Right. A- and when you're looking at this Eagles secondary you're asking Patrick Robinson to play out of position going from Nick. I thought outside. he played well last week. Though. I thought he played really well, but but it's a whole different beast going up against Jamison Crowder as it is against you know against Connolly or against Hill. You're playing without your fastest, most explosive corner in Ronald Darby, and you're probably going to have to dress Rasul Douglas way earlier yep. than this franchise wanted to dress Rasul Douglas. I don't think that they really wanted to play him until week five, week six, week seven because they think he's a project at this point. So you're asking a patchwork secondary, and I give them all the credit in the world I don't want to come across as beating up the Eagles or or being all that negative but I thought they did a hell of a job just surviving and getting Mm -hmm. the job done against Washington last week but I don't know how without Ronald Darby going up against Connolly going up against Tyreek Hill how you like this matchup from an Eagles standpoint. Now, if you're going to tell me that you're going to double-team that side of the field with yeah. with Mills and and J- Malcolm Jenkins the entire game, all right, let's see how that plays out. But then you still have to worry about Travis Kelsey, and then you right. still have to worry about Kareem Hunt. This is just, as far as the, just the secondary goes, it was the biggest concern going into the year, and now you take Darby out of the equation and you move Robinson out of position – I don't know how it's not the biggest concern going into this week. I mean, that's the thing. They'll probably will put Jenkins on Travis Kelsey. I'll think that I would guess that's probably going to be their game plan, or at least for part of the game. And that does hurt in the secondary. So, I mean, you mentioned Rasul Douglas. It'll be really interesting to see how much he plays. I'm assuming he will be active, and this could be a really tough spot for him because not only does he struggle. I mean, speed is not his strength. He's still adjusting to playing on the line, man coverage, which the Eagles ask their cornerbacks to do a lot. And if you make a mistake versus Tyree Killer, Chris Conley, I mean, not many cornerbacks in the league have the recovery speed to make up for it, but Rasul Douglas certainly doesn't, playing on the road in a hostile environment. So Rasul Douglas, I, I you know, that is gonna be an issue if he has to go out there. We'll see. I mean, I'm just not as big on Tyree Kill and Chris Conley as other people. I think Tyree Kill is a is a deep threat, and I think he's a big play threat. But, I mean, Chris Conley is 33 games. He's only has 63 catches. So, I mean, he hasn't really been lighting it up. And this is Tyreek Hill's first year as a receiver. So, we'll see. I mean, obviously, I'll – Speed, speed, I'll, Yeah, I mean, no speed. Matter, no matter yep. where you're lining up, if you have that sort of speed yep. and, and you get the ball in space one-on-one against Jalen Mills, I don't know how much I love Mills in that in that. Yeah, situation. no, I mean, yeah, I agree. Look, if they're going to – you're, the safety help is going to be key here, much like I said on the other side of the ball with uh, with Eric Berry being out. So I'm actually I'm going to stick with, with this, and I'm going to say the Eagles have the edge um, cornerback over receivers, but it sounds like you're going the opposite way on that one. I, yeah, I think it's about even. I'm leaning towards KC, though. All right, so now let's talk about the pass rush that the Chiefs bring versus the Eagles' offensive line. 
again, three weeks ago, before that uh, Dolphins preseason game, you asked me about this Eagles offensive line, and I would say, you know what? They have the ability to slow down a very good Chiefs pass rush just because I thought the offensive line was better than it is. But when you combine how they looked against the Dolphins with how they looked back last week against the Redskins, this Eagles offensive line is a real concern, in my opinion. And the Chiefs have maybe the best set of pass rushing. I know they play a 3-4, so they're not defensive ends. But maybe the best set of pass rushers in the league, or at least up there in Justin Houston and D. Ford. What do you think about that matchup for the D. Eagles? D. Ford, a guy that you could have had instead of Marcus Smith. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Yeah, 10 yeah, sacks he, last year. Yeah, he was a monster coming out of Auburn the year the Eagles picked Marcus Smith. I liked him a lot and thought he would have been a great fit for Bill Davis's system. But the two players that are going to be most important in this game, Elliot, it's your tackles. Yep. It's Lane Johnson and it's Jason Peters. And Jason Peters has to be healthy because whether it's Justin Houston or D. Ford, you're going to need Peters on the outside because I don't think Halapulaviti Vitae is up to the task of defending either one of those guys. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Carson Wentz is going to have to get rid of the football quicker. And we talk a lot about him extending plays. And I was on uh, Fox Sports out in North Dakota State yesterday, and they even brought this up. I was surprised that they would criticize Carson in any way. But they even said that he tended to hold on to the football a little bit too long, which is something you and I talked about in the press box at FedEx. Yeah. That if – especially against this pass rush, Carson's going to have to get rid of it quicker because the offensive line was very inconsistent, very leaky at times against the Redskins, and that their, their main pass rusher is, is Kerrigan, Ryan Kerrigan. You have two of them here. So I think that if Carson gets rid of the ball quicker, you utilize some of those screen passes that Eagles fans hate watching, but which is what you might need to do to move the football this week, that's going to be key, and I think I give the edge here just based on what we've seen from the Eagles' offensive line over the second half of the preseason and in that game against the Redskins. I think I give the edge to the Chiefs' pass rush. Yeah, I don't even think it's close, to be honest. I mean, Lane Johnson, did he played well at the end of last season when he returned, but he's not looked good in the preseason. He didn't look good against the Redskins. I understand Kerrigan is an elite pass rusher, but Lane Johnson's supposed to be the – best right tackle in the NFL. I mean, that's he's paid left tackle money, and he's the best paid right tackle, or at least he was when he signed that deal. So I don't think Lane has played well. And Peters, again, this his injury is concerning to me because you, I know he's practiced this week. He practiced Wednesday and Thursday. He'll probably practice today. So, I mean, he should be out there, and he should play. But he went out there and tried to play against Redskins and couldn't do it. And a groin injury is something where, I mean, I just feel like this could be a nagging thing. And I'll be interested to see. Especially for him. Yeah, especially a guy that's in his 14th or 15th year, 15th year. It'll be interesting to see if he goes out there and he plays six or seven snaps, how that holds up. And like you mentioned, I'm not confident about Vitae coming in, especially if they're going to put him in at left tackle. And I'm maybe even less confident about Lane going to left tackle. So the Chiefs' pass rush is going to be an issue. And that's why I've said basically all week, I think the key to this entire game is how the Eagles' offensive line plays. If they can protect Carson Wentz long enough and not be – a disaster. I think the Eagles have a shot of winning this game because, again, I don't like the Chiefs' uh, secondary as much, and I think that the Chiefs' offense, again, we're going to get into Kareem Hunt, but I think their receivers aren't as good as people think. So it's really all going to come down to this Eagles' offensive line. And another issue is Benny Logan versus Jason Kelsey when they're matched up. That's a huge size yep. advantage for Logan. And then also, Isaac Sayamalu did not play well last week against the uh, the Redskins. And, and don't forget about Benny Logan. He right. was here for the first four years of his career. He matched up against Jason Kelsey every day. And you can say that Kelsey has that same advantage lining up against him. And that's absolutely true. But the way that they use Benny Logan as that pure run-stuffing nose tackle uh -huh. – 
you know, we haven't even talked about the Eagles running backs yet, but it's, it's going to be an uphill battle for the Eagles ground game to get some traction. But I, I think that Carson Wentz can really help this offensive line if he takes a page out of the Alex Smith playbook, out of the Matt Ryan playbook, and that is one-and-a-half, two-step drop, get rid of the football, get it out quickly, whether it's dumping it out to Sproles, whether it's a screen pass to Aguilar in the slot, whether it's you know a, a little crossing pattern to Zach Ertz over the middle. Just get rid of the football quickly because that's the best way to neutralize that pass rush from Kansas City. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and give the Chiefs the advantage here over the Eagles' offensive line. I think the Eagles' offensive line is skilled. They just haven't shown it yet. If you told me this next – if you if we're recording this podcast on, on you know Monday or Tuesday next week or right after the game, on Sunday, and you're telling me the Eagles' offensive line played well, wouldn't surprise me. I think they have the personnel to do it. I just haven't seen it from them yet. So going into this game, I have to say I think I give the edge to the Chiefs' defensive line over the Eagles' offensive line. Yep. Sounds like you agree Agreed. with that one, too. All right, so now let's flip the side. Let's talk about the Eagles' defensive line versus the Chiefs' offensive line. I'm going to bring up our old friend Pro Football Focus here, everyone's favorite site. The Chiefs' offensive line allowed – only the third fewest pressures in the league last year. Only the Packers and Raiders offensive line allowed fewer pressures on the quarterback. So the Chiefs do have a good offensive line. Didn't play great against the Patriots in week one. Um, they have a new starter this year. Uh, uh, sorry, Brian Witzman is one is a new starter at left guard. He didn't play well against the Patriots. So I think their, their line is very good, perhaps susceptible to I mean, the Eagles' defensive line is going to be able to match up with almost any offensive line. But I think even though the Chiefs' off offensive line is very good, I like the act I actually like the matchup of the Eagles' edge rushers versus the um, Chiefs' tackles, Eric, Fitchler, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Swartz. So I think the Eagles have the edge here. What do you think? I think they have the big edge. And, and go back and rewatch that game tape from the, the, the Washington game. There were a couple packages where Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett were on the field together on the same side of the line. Yeah. They got after Kirk Cousins. There were times where Vinnie Curry got in Kirk Cousins' face, forced to throw before Cousins was ready to throw it. Jernigan and Fletcher Cox, we don't need to go into how much of an impact they had on the game. Right. Just look at that final play with the strip fumble and Cox returning it for a touchdown. The Eagles are going to get pressure here. The, yeah. the question comes in. Are they going to be able to get to Alex Smith because of how quickly he gets rid of the football? And if the answer to that is yes, then I think that Smith is the type of quarterback who could be susceptible to turning the football over. He protects the ball very well, but if he's getting knocked around, if they're hitting him before he can get rid of it, that's where I think the Birds defense can create some turnovers. But I love the matchup on the inside of Fletcher Cox and Tim Jernigan against the interior of the Kansas City offensive line. I think that that's where this game is going to be. Maybe not won or lost, but this is where the Eagles defense is going to give the Eagles offense the opportunity to put together the type of game that can come out with a victory. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned the Cox and Jernigan thing. One of the big things we talked about all offseason was with Jernigan here, they're not going to be able to double-team Cox as much, and you saw that against the Redskins. I went back and looked, and Cox only really was really only doubled or had to deal with two defenders on eight or nine plays last week, and that was huge because you saw the game he had, and when the times that they did double-team him, Jernigan's sack in the third quarter was when they were double-teaming Cox. So I agree. I mean, this Eagles pass rush, they showed in week one they might be one of the best in the league. I yep. will give I will give them the edge over the Chiefs offensive line. And that could be huge. I mean, if they can get after Alex Smith, 
I disagree with you a little bit that he's susceptible to turning it over, but I mean, I do think obviously if you're rushing him, the chances increase. If he has back, if he sits back there all day, well, that's my point. Right? If, yeah. If he's in the pocket, you're not going to pick him off. Right. But if you have a gap pressure, and there was a great play design, it was the Jalen Mills interception, and I tweeted the video of this from the All 22, where Jim Schwartz had a double a gap blitz with Jordan Hicks and Malcolm Jenkins. Hicks forced Cousins to throw off his back foot, which forced him to throw it early, and it was a room service interception to Jalen Mills. So if you can have that sort of pressure up the middle, Tom Brady talks about it all the time. Peyton Manning used to talk about it all the time. It's that a gap pressure up the middle that disrupts quarterbacks the most. Not many teams employ two defensive tackles who are as good as pass rushers that the Eagles do with and Jernigan, and I think that if they're going to tilt this game in the Eagles' favor, those two have to have a big game, and I don't know why they can't. Yeah, I mean, look, we just talked about the pass rush. Smith has, Smith has thrown 28 interceptions with the Chiefs. 22 of them have come in games in which he's been sacked four or more times. So if the Eagles can get after Smith, and they have the ability to do that, and they turn over the ball, the Chiefs don't win when Smith turns over the ball. They're 30-9 and nine when he doesn't throw an interception, and, you know, then I, I'll have to get the rest of it. But, yeah, I mean, they they, they – when Smith turns it over, the Chiefs don't win. They were 6-1 and last year when he didn't throw a pick. So that'll be key. That'll be key to the game. I'm going to give the edge to the Eagles' defensive line over the Chiefs' offensive line. Yep, same here. All right, now let's talk about quarterbacks. Obviously, this isn't a head-to-head matchup, but Alex Smith came out last week, had a huge game against the Patriots. Four, I believe he had four touchdowns, no interceptions, and he, he threw the ball deep, which is something you haven't really seen out of him. He had two receptions, or two completions, I guess I to say, over 75 yards. Um, do you think Smith is a guy that – are you more worried about him now than you were prior to the Patriots game, or do you think that was kind of a, a fluke game? Oh, I'm more worried about him now. And I think that the Chiefs, I don't think they had much of a long-term commitment to Alex Smith by trading up to draft Patrick Mahomes last year. But I think that what you saw, you saw a quarterback who could be in the conversation if he plays at that level every week to put his team in a position to go to the Super Bowl. That, that's mm-hmm. how good I think Alex Smith played. He reminded me a lot of Matt Ryan last week. Two-step drop, get rid of it in under three seconds. And that's really tough. We talk about the Eagles' pass rush having an edge, and I think they do. But when the ball is getting out that quickly, it's really tough to get him off his spot, to, to knock him around. I, I really like what he was able to do, stretching the field with Tyreek Hill. You have Connolly on the other side. You have Kelsey over the middle. He has so many weapons that he almost just has to look at one or two reads, and the ball can be out. Yeah. Not many quarterbacks have that luxury, and it'll be interesting to see if the Eagles' defense is able to contain him this week. And I'm not so sure they're up to the test. And, and with when? I think this is going to be a big week to see how much better he's gotten in taking care of the ball. Like I said, last week against the Redskins, really didn't put the ball in danger all that much. Obviously had the interception, but again, that was tipped. Outside of that, I can't really think of any throws where I was like, oh man, that, you know, into double coverage or anything like that. A couple of the deep balls. I mean, the first one that he underthrew to Torrey Smith, Josh Norman almost picked off. True, but that that wasn't a poor decision, I guess. Right, it was, it was a, a, it poor, was a poor, throw. poor throw. Right, yeah. And, and and you're right. If we're just talking about decision making, I which was, was an issue for him last year. I right, thought. I, I yeah. agree with that. I think yeah. that he's improved in that area. I think he's improved in terms of keeping his eye downfield, even while he's scrambling, and his ball placement has been better. It just comes down to that deep ball accuracy, which I think is the next hurdle for him to clear mm-hmm. for us to say that he can be an elite quarterback. And that, and. and yeah, I agree. But I'll also say that this week against the Chiefs, I want to see him go into that hostile environment playing for Doug, who I think this team is going to be playing very hard for them, knowing obviously the situation of him of Doug wanting a win over Andy Reid. I'll be interested to see if Wentz is able to be continue to be smart with the ball. And, you know, obviously we saw him run around last week against the Redskins and take 
not chances, but, you know, create. And that's when mistakes happen. As much as that's when good plays happen, that's last year when the mistakes happened for Wentz. So I want to see if he can take care of the ball and be smart with it. All right, so let's get into final predictions here. Yep. Um, as I started, no. As I started off the podcast, and I, I was, I looked at this game a lot last night, and I wrote nine things that had to happen for the Eagles to win. I think the Eagles have a legitimate chance to win this game. I just can't pick them yet to go on the road, beat an AFC team that's that is a Super Bowl contender. After how much they struggled on the road last year, I know the last week's red win over the Redskins was good, but the Redskins are not the same. I mean, the Chiefs are a way better caliber of team. And as much as I've started to kind of respect the job Doug has done, I still can't pick him to go and beat Andy Reid. The line on this one was four and a half last time I looked. Moved up to five and a half. Moved up to five and a half. All right, well, I like even better then. I do think the Eagles cover. I think this is going to end up being a close game. But I just can't pick the Eagles to win. My pick as of right now is Chiefs 24, Eagles 21. I'm along the same lines as you, except I don't know that the Eagles are able to cover because I think that maybe as they're trying to move the ball down the field, Carson Wentz throws a late interception that, you know, it won't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but it's one of those things that seals the deal for the Chiefs. I think that Andy Reid is just too good with extra time to prepare. He's something like 15 and three after the bye, or 15 and eight rather after the bye in his career. Now, I don't, they don't have a bye week, but they have those extra three days. He's eight and three all time against former assistant coaches, and, you know, that's just going into that environment. It's going to be loud. It's going to be hostile. Carson Wentz, I think, needs to take that step forward. The defense has its hands full. I like Kansas City in this one, 34-27. I mean, the, the one last thing I'll say, though, is I do think they're getting the Chiefs in a bit of good spot. Even though you have that extra time, you're coming off of a huge win over the Patriots. Alex Smith's had a game of his career. Kareem Hunt just had a massive game. He probably won't be able to duplicate in week two. So I think in, the, in those ways, you are getting them in a good spot. But I agree at the end of the day, you can't. the Eagles aren't ready to go in and win this game yet. Or at least they're not ready to consistently go in and win. It's possible they win, but oh, there's the music, so I guess it's time to go. But, nah, I was, but look, I think they do have the possibility to go in and win this game. But I just think at the end of the day, they're too young. The head coach is you know, only in the second year. Quarterback's only in the second year. So I just can't pick them to win this game. So we're both on that page. But we also both picked them to lose last week, and they won. So if they can win this game, they'll be ahead of the curve where both me and you thought they would be, and big things could be ahead. So. It's going to be a heck of a game. And it I will. think that there are some matchups like we talked about where the Eagles have an edge in really key areas. I just look at this Chiefs team, Elliot. There's too much offensive talent, too much firepower on that side of the ball, and I'm not going to bet against Andy Reid with extra time to prepare Nope. All right. So as I said at the top of the podcast, if you're listening to this on YouTube, we appreciate it. But go subscribe. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Google Play. We're on Spreaker. And go ahead and leave us that review when you subscribe. We really do appreciate it. All right. We're going to get out of here. Doug Peterson's about to talk. Next time we talk to you, we'll be at Arrowhead Stadium after the game. So, Matt, we'll talk to you then. Should be a lot of fun.